Florida Gators are 500 again following a 70 to 52 win over Samford. That's a football score, by the way. We'll break down that game today. But first, has Dan Mullen's future changed following that poor showing? Only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day, available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Monday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com, where you can find all of my written work. Just an early reminder, if you didn't see my tweet from yesterday, uh, likely won't be taped Tuesday tomorrow. Might be, but if there is, it'll only be one segment. But just with coaching talks and basketball season being here for both men's and women's, it's kind of hard to make Tape Tuesday happen this week. So maybe, but I don't I don't want to commit to anything. Now we're going to see we have Dan Mullen's future with the Florida Gators. Fans and writers have somewhat rightfully been calling for his head for weeks. I don't I don't want to say just like that it's been completely justified, but it's not as if it's not justified, if that makes sense. He's you know, he's, he's had a very, uh, very bad year this year. So, eh, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say, it's, yeah, I'm not going to say it's justified, but I'm not going to say it's completely far-fetched. It's not like we're seven and two and he's getting, no, that's not the case or seven and three, whatever. But during his press conference last Monday, following the loss to South Carolina and the firing of Todd Grantham and John Hevesy, Dan Mullen said, based on his conversations with AD Scott Strickland, that, He'll be here next year. Um, I, I don't know if that's changed because during the horrid showing on Saturday against Samford, people were really calling for Dan Mullen's job. Like I saw tweets that were like just from writers. Not I'm not talking fans. I'm talking writers, like people who cover this team professionally were just like, hey, like schedule the press conference right now. Call it, book it, whatever you want to say. And they were calling for his job to be kaput. I'm not a huge fan of that. Uh, I won't be calling for his job just right now. Uh, it was an ugly win. But after a horrible first half, the team cleaned up. And I mean horrible first half, the team cleaned up. It, it was it was rough. But again, I'm not the type to just call for someone's job. Like, just blatantly. I'm not that quick, quick to pull that trigger. That's just not me. Uh, Christian Robinson, the former linebackers coach, who's now linebackers coach and defensive coordinator, calling his first defensive game ever. I think people are overlooking that. The defense made adjustments. Dan Mullen's offense was cooking the whole time, specifically looking at Emory Jones, but the defense made adjustments, which is, I'm going to say this multiple times, better than we can say we saw from the defense when Todd Grantham was in charge. And I think people are really overlooking that. That, yeah, it, it, it really bad in the first half 42 points in the first half is completely unacceptable but 10 in the second half the defense played great in the second half which i realize is not much because that means you still gave up 52 points but the defense made improvements there were adjustments and again this was christian robinson's first time ever 
calling plays for a defense and he made adjustments, which again, Ty Grantham didn't do that. So at least he got that. The rumor going around though for Gainesville and the University of Florida is that pretty much the Florida State game decides Dan Mullen's future at this point. Um, again, just just less than a week ago or now, a week ago, but that at the time the episode's coming out, a week ago, Dan Mullen said, I've been told that I'll have a job next year, pretty much. We're talking long term when I talk to Scott Strickland, which is totally fine. But uh, things can change, especially with the horrible showing against Samford. So things can change, and the rumor going around is that the Florida State game decides his fate. I'm not going to speak on what I think should happen until after this season, but uh, the rumor is that if Dan Mullen wins out, he will keep his job. If Dan Mullen loses out, he will keep his job. If Dan Mullen wins one and loses one, but the win is against Florida State, Dan Mullen will likely keep his job. And I I don't know how I feel about that bit where it's just like, oh, as long as you win the rivalry game, we don't care at that point. Um, I'm sorry, as long as you win the rivalry game and you make a bowl game, we don't care at that point because, I mean, Missouri is the tougher game. I would care more about the Missouri game. I don't care if you beat the worst team. I get it being like, oh, like as long as you're better than Florida State. But at the same time, like I, I'd, I'd rather put pressure on you to win this big game and then the rivalry game because the rivalry game, like teams, if your team's not fired up for the rivalry game, like if they don't come out that tunnel ready to fight people, just walk away then. Because at that point, you've lost everything. Because that's a Florida State game. That is the first or second most hated team on the schedule. So that that's one where like the team's just going to come fired out where they haven't been doing that the past couple of weeks, South Carolina game. They didn't come out fired out. They didn't come out fired up. And we were like, okay, well now Todd Grantham's gone. Christian Robinson stepping up. The team likes Christian Robinson. So they're going to step up, right? They're going to be fired up. They're going to be ready to go. And then Saturday showed up and the team just nothing kaput just no no energy defensively no intensity defensively until the second half which is like um i don't i don't know if you know how this works but in football there's four quarters it's not like college basketball where it's like oh first half second half you only gotta worry about two different time periods now football you gotta worry about one two three four it's not just the two at the end like i I don't know what the hell was going on there the defense infuriated me in that first half it was just just so awful throughout in every single way but dan mullen i mean he's got to get it under control i get he's not the defensive guy i guess christian robinson christian robinson's just called his first game ever dan mullen needs to step up and be a leader of this team or else he's gonna not have a job and florida will be a top three job opening in all of college football if this job opens up. So th- there's plenty of uh, plenty of people that want this job. You know, Dan Mullen was talking about getting a defensive coordinator. He said, there's plenty of people that want this defensive coordinator job. There's a lot more that would want that head coach job at the University of Florida. So I'd, I'd worry about that, Dan. I wouldn't worry too much about defensive coordinator at the end of the year at this point, because now you're officially on the hot seat. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about prize picks? Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you will too. Prospects offers every sport you can think of. Talking NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB when it's in season, soccer, MMA, and more. Prospects offers more college football props than anyone in the world. And if you don't know, it's already incredibly difficult to find college football props 
anywhere. So prize picks, that's where you got to go for them. They offer all the star players of the Power Five, Damian Pierce, Jacob Copeland, Kamori Gamble, if you'd like that, Emory Jones, if you'd like that, and people that you may have never heard of, like Bryce Mitchell, Bryant Kobach, Devontae Maddox, all those fun names. Prospects allows mixed sport entries. You can take the over on LeBron rebounds and the under on Mahomes rushing yards if you want. I don't care. Go for it. In the same entry. Don't hesitate. Check out prospects.com or go to your app store and download the app today. Prospects is daily fantasy made easy. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available free and daily wherever you listen to podcasts. Now getting into this game review offensively. Emery Jones, have yourself a day. Also, I want to point out that Anthony Richardson supposedly was supposed to come in late in the game, but Anthony Richardson did not come in late in the game because Emery Jones is close to the record. So kudos to you, Anthony. Uh, but Emery Jones, 28 of 34 passing for 464 yards and six touchdowns, 10 carries for 86 yards and a touchdown, the Florida record for yards in a game by an individual and tied the Florida record for touchdowns in a game. So Emory Jones was just a phenomenal game on Saturday. And it, I mean, hey, I think enough, I tweeted this. I don't think enough people are talking about this. The, with how bad the defense played, Emory Jones's performance is that much more impressive and more important because if Emory Jones did not have this kind of day, then this was a loss to Sanford. I think that's very important to note that the defense played like dog, you know what, but Emory Jones played phenomenal. He wasn't the only one that played phenomenal, but he was the main guy that played phenomenal on offense. And he, 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 he carried the team to win. He's someone that we've spoken about where it's like, he won't win you games, but if it, if it wasn't for Emory Jones, this was a loss. Kimori Gamble had a career day himself, six catches, 122 yards, and two touchdowns. It was also a very important game because this was the first game that Kimori Gamble's mom was able to see since getting home from the intensive care unit, which she was in there for two months. So she was there for the entirety of the season, and this is the first game she got to see from him. Six catches, 122 yards, two touchdowns, a huge breakout game for Kimori Gamble. And I know senior role invites are coming out. I want to see Kimura Gamble in Mobile. That, that's something that I want to see from him. I want to see him out there. We got to see some split zone read again between Emory Jones and Kimura Gamble. So that was fun to see and to see it work. It, it led to a pretty big game for Emory Jones. And the first Florida game this season, this week against Sanford, was the first Florida game this season without a turnover by this offense. So round of applause. Go ahead. Go ahead, guys. You deserve it. Go ahead. Way to go. Way to go your first game in your 10th game to go without a turnover. So, so proud of you guys. But, uh, sorry, that was like way more sarcastic than it had to be, way more condescending than it had to be. But, like, it, it's ridiculous that we could play Vanderbilt and still turn the ball over. So, just, that's one point that went out. Defensively, what what is there to say about this Florida Gators defense? Um, the first half might have been the worst defense I've ever seen any team play. I know it's the worst defense I've ever seen the Florida Gators play, but it might be the worst defense I've ever seen any team play against anyone at any point at any level. I'm talking high school too. That was just atrocious. Samford scored five touchdowns on their first six drives of the game. It was just so, so, so bad. 
But I mean, I, I, I can't even harp on how awful it was. I'm going to have to get into it, but I did want to point out something that I mentioned last week with Christian Robinson taking over. I said, Hey, he hasn't played here. He hasn't worked for coaching staffs that typically call a lot of blitzes. So I don't know if he will, but I would like to see him dial up some blitzes. Tyrone Hopper had more blitz attempts against Samford uh, than he's ever had in a game or than he had in a game this year. Mama Diabate had the second most blitz attempts than he's had at any point in the season. We saw more defensive back blitzes. We saw both Avery Helm and Kyir Elam rush the quarterback or yeah, while rush the quarterback blitz. We don't know. It's yeah, we saw them come in on rush attempts, but again, it's hard to say if they were necessarily blitzing or if they just recognized it quickly and came in. So it's hard to say blitzes. So I'm talking pass rush attempts there uh, where they, so it looks like with Christian Robinson as our defensive coordinator, we're going to keep seeing blitzes. The defense made adjustments, which again is more than I can say about the defense under Todd Grantham at any point in his tenure. I- I'm looking forward to seeing how this defense improves because, of course, yes, it was Sanford. It was a team we should have blown out, but it was also Christian Robinson's first time ever calling plays. It was Christian Robinson's first time ever having to be the guy that at halftime is like, all right, you know, that we sucked at this. We need to make adjustments. And and he made those adjustments, so that's good. That's what. It, that's why it, I'm trying not to seem like I'm just like a hopeless optimist or a fan or whatever. But I will say that adjustments were made, and that's something that people should. Yes, you can go all you want about how we shouldn't have even been close with Sanford for the huge majority of the game. You could talk about how we should have been blowing them out off the off the get go. You should have. You could talk about the energy that the game came out with, but you need to also acknowledge. Christian Robinson made adjustments in the second half, which is an improvement over Todd Grantham. And that in itself is kind of a win, at least to me, at least. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I, I've always said it. I'll take my wins where I can get them. That's a that's a win where I can get them. So I'm, I'm totally fine with that. I don't know about you guys, but football season is here. And now I'm constantly snacking because basketball season is here too. College basketball season, college women's and men's all here. So always games. And we had two basketball games yesterday. So it's just constantly snacking while watching these games. So I've committed to eating Built Bar as my snack instead of other sugar-filled snacks or salty snacks. Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market. If you're trying to eat clean, but you've got a sweet tooth like like I do, I have no problem admitting that. That is no longer a problem. Built Bar is your low-calorie, low-sugar high protein and high fiber solution. You can even enjoy Built Bar if you're keto. Remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to get 15% off of your next order at built.com or builtbar.com. Now we're looking at the good, bad, and ugly from Saturday's game against Sanford, which uh, ugly, everything. Now the good, the tackling from Florida, comparatively to what they usually do. Uh, so Florida, of course, had 69 com- nice sixty-nine combined tackles from this Gators defense. Only five missed tackles. And this is a Gators team that averages 10 missed tackles per game. Samford had the most uh, plays or most offensive plays against us than any team in, the, in our season. You know, Vanderbilt had 80. And uh, Sanford had 85 plays. So that was the most defensive plays. And we had, 
I believe the least missed tackles that we'd had at any point. So thank you, Florida, for finally wrapping people up. And thank you, Christian Robinson, for teaching your players. You got to go like this. You, you haven't teach them to cover yet, but you got to teach them to go like that. And you taught them to do that. So thank you for that because, hey, that was an imp- Imagine if we had our 17 missed tackles games like we've done so, so many times this year. But no, only five missed tackles from a team that averages 10 missed tackles per game. So that was a huge improvement. And I don't want to hear that it was against Sanford because Sanford, I mean, look at Montreal Washington. I'm going to talk about him in a little bit, but he was stellar. So I don't want to hear about Sanford not having players. Emery Jones. Yeah, you're, you're here again because, uh, holy sheesh, this man had himself a monstrous day. I, I know I've already spoken his game. I know I've already spoken about how if he didn't play that well, that this was a heavy loss. But I also want to point out with Emory Jones, he is one of the few players on this team that, and I give him more credit than anyone else. We've given Diabati credit. We've given Kimura Gamble credit. We've given all these guys credit for sticking through it and you know and and never wavering. And you know, with all the all the players that are clearly giving up on the team, all the players that have lost and that are lost in the locker room, all that fun, all that fun stuff. But Emory Jones, more than anyone else. I will give him credit for because not a single Gators player has taken more criticism than Emory Jones. And I don't think there's been a single Gators player that has shown more heart, competitiveness, drive, intense, all that fun stuff than Emory Jones. Because if if he were most other players, he would have turned his back on the program and he would have said, hey, the fans don't care about me. I don't care about them. So, I mean, we've seen it, you know, I don't, I don't want to bash him at all, but like Felipe Franks gave up on the program, rightfully so, by the way, I don't care how bad he was playing. He rightfully gave up on the program because he was going to home games and getting booed. He was going out and having Gators fans talk trash about him. And it's just like, why, why is that something you have to do? Why do you have to pester players all throughout their lives just let them show up let them play the game if they're playing poorly at that moment then and you want to let them hear him a little bit go ahead but you know emory i spoke about ninety thousand fans booing him at one game like you're i know i've had comments but stop calling a football team disgusting as fans you're disgusting if ninety thousand of you are booing a college kid trying to play quarterback and he's clearly giving it his all you should boo the coaching staff at that point but if a player is giving it his all and he's just not good enough, that's different than if a player is just checking in or checking out, really. And Emory Jones has never done that. So I give him nothing but credit and respect for being able to stick through with this very rough fan base. That, that's what they are. It's a rough fan base. And Emory Jones has stuck through, played the best game of his career on Saturday in a game where uh, evidently we needed him more than ever. Looking at the bad from Saturday, uh, Damian Pierce's absence from the game. I'm a, I, I get it. I talk about Damian Pierce, you know, get him the ball, hand it to him, throw it to him. I don't care what you do with him. Get him the ball. I, I, I'm not even talking about that. I am literally talking about his absence from the game, him just not being on the field for way more than, than understandable. He should have been on the field more than he was. And why he wasn't, I will never get. That just, it, it makes no sense to me. But him not being on the field was just dumb. And when he came on the field, Oh my God, he made a lot of plays. It's almost like he's a great playmaker and he's a great running back at the ball. And stuff. Like I, it just makes no sense why Dan Mullen does not just feed him or put him on the ball, especially if you're going to throw the ball. He's one of the better pass catching backs. 
He's the best pass blocking back. Just, just put him on the field. I, I, I don't get it. And then penalties. The Gators had 12 penalties called on them for 94 yards. This is a game where I get it. The game was way closer than it should have been. But this is also a game where we should have been just mopping the floor with Sanford. We didn't. So, but And granted, some of the penalties made no sense. Like a pass interference call on Kair Elam when he did literally nothing wrong. I, I, I don't get that one. That one makes no sense to me at all. But for the most part, the penalties were accurate. And completely unacceptable. Let's say they missed two or three penalties. That's still nine to ten penalties that were rightfully called against the Florida Gators. Against a team that, one, we were favored against. We were favored by 35 and a half against. And two, we should have been dominating because they're an FCS school and we are a power five program. So I don't get it. But also, yeah, the, the penalties were completely unacceptable. Just so a lack of discipline just throughout. It, it was ugly. It was horrible. It was disgusting to watch. Oh, no, I said disgusting. Now someone's going to insult me again in the YouTube comments. I'm so sorry. But it was. And looking at the ugly, the first half defense, I'm not even going to spend too much time talking about the first half defense because coverage was awful. Simple as that. Tackling wasn't great, wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. And the defense just had no heart. And that is the part that bothers me more than anything else because with Todd Grantham against South Carolina, we were like, okay, he's lost the defense. Simple as that. With Christian Robinson, we were told, you know, players like him. Play, players like Christian Robinson. Players are going to play for him. Diabati, and I'm not putting this on Diabati at all, but Diabati was like, hey, like, you know, like, we're fired up. Like, we love Christian Robinson. Like, we're fired up. And then the defense just came out and did nothing. Um, and again, I'm not placing it on Diabati because he did try. He's one of those players where no matter what, he is going to try his hardest. But the defense just looked flat in the first half. And it's like, you, that shouldn't be a thing. If you're bringing in this new defensive court, like you got rid of the guy that was killing your morale. And then you brought in a new guy and we were like, oh, like, like this is going to be great. And then it still sucked. And it's like, okay, well, what is it now? Because honestly, I think that's more telling about Dan Mullen and his future with the team that we changed defensive coordinators and they're still not playing their hardest for him. And I think that's more telling than just, changing defensive coordinators and being like, oh, no, I haven't lost the locker room. I, I think it's more telling to be like, hey, you've changed defensive coordinators and the defense still isn't showing up. And it's not that they're not showing up because they're not good enough. It's not it's they're not showing up because they're not trying their hardest. And it's evident. And then looking at the other ugly, uh, the defense again, but specifically, specifically against Montreal, Washington, who I spoke about briefly before, but right before the game, I tweeted about Montreal Washington stats and I was like, Hey, I I'm not saying that I'm going strictly based off stats, but I saw his stats and I was like, all right, he at least deserves a watch. If he's being this productive, uh, going into the game, he had 45 catches, 688 yards, seven receiving touchdowns, 15 carries, 124 yards and five rushing touchdowns against Florida. He had 10 catches, including one sick catch, one hand in the end zone. Beautiful. Uh, but 10 catches, 124 yards, and a receiving touchdown, which, again, was a, eh, perfect. It was, it was a beautiful play. I don't care. Three carries for 19 yards and a TD and a kick return touchdown. And I'm including him specifically in here because, one, I'm talking about below Vicks, he, he, he balled out. But also, he is the first FCS player since Brian Westbrook to have a receiving touchdown, a rushing touchdown, and a return touchdown against a Power 5 school. And I think that's important to note about how piss poor this defense was that and special teams 
that Montreal Washington did this against the Florida Gators. Jim Nagy, the director of the Senior Bowl, uh, he told me that at least a few NFL teams have a draftable grade on Montreal Washington, and I suspect after watching him ball out against Florida Secondary, he's going to have a few more. So that, that's something that great for him. You know, we were we were his breakout game. Congratulations. Ho- hope you get to the NFL because of it, obviously because of your hard work and because of all that, but Florida made you be like, okay, well, he could do it against Power 5 schools. Maybe he could do it against the NFL. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. Don't miss out tomorrow. We'll talk about this past weekend in Gators basketball because we've had two women's games and a men's game. Now make your second listen Lockdown SEC. Get all of your daily SEC news in less than 30 minutes with SEC expert Chris Gordy of Sports 790. It is free and available on all platforms for Lockdown Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E. N-I-N-E sports, and I will see you all tomorrow.